I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning in the process of buying, or maybe you already own your own home. Ooh. Ooh, we get scared today. <laughs> that was shocking. We did magical last time. I, I was not expecting that. The, the reason for the scary is because today's episode is going to be refi, sell, or stay. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into all that, I want to welcome back yes. to the show, Stephanie Edison. So excited to be back again. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It's been a little while because you yeah. were on episode, I don't know if I remember, but like one of the first yeah. couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. I'm really excited to do this again. And it's a totally different topic this time. I know. That's that's the thing in this industry. You can just, it's like never, never. ending. <laughs> there's always something. Because and with the market constantly changing, there's always different topics. Whatever was happening a year ago is completely different than what's happening now. Exactly. And that actually brings up a good point. I did want to, before we really dive into the topic for today, since we have a real estate agent Mm -hmm. and a lender here, I wanted to give our audience a market update as Mm. to what are you currently seeing today in the market from the real estate side and then what we're seeing from the lending side. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the Florida Association of Realtors says that in Palm Beach County, we peaked in uh, like March, April of 2022. So a little mm-hmm. over a year ago, that was our peak. So um, we're in a down market right now, right now, which means that there's less homes selling now than there was a year ago. And what I'm sensing right now, just on a personal level, working with my sellers and working with my buyers, is that everyone is a little timid mm-hmm. to maybe pull the trigger to buy a home for my buyers. Sellers are still... I would say 50% are pricing their homes at a reasonable price and 50% are still living in the past wanting still more than what their home is really worth. You're going to see like there's properties still on the market for months right now because they overprice and it's one of the worst things you can do when you're selling your home. So I really think that it's a really great market to sell in if you want to sell because it's still a seller's market. There's about Mm -hmm. a little under three months of inventory. So you're still getting a really great price for your home. And for buyers, it's still a great time to buy because interest rates are historically, you know, yeah, his, his still reasonable. Historically, they're still very reasonable. Yeah. It just doesn't feel reasonable because we came we off got the twos and the threes. Yeah. So it doesn't feel that way, but yeah. it is. And right now, even though it is a seller's market, they're because of the higher rates from last year yeah. or the year before, Buyers are a little more likely to get seller credits. Oh my gosh. Price reduction. The best buyer's market. And I know it's a seller's market, but that's just dictating how many months of inventory are on the market. I met mm-hmm. with a seller last night who was looking to sell a year ago and was going to buy. They're downsizing. And they were like, we give up last year. And I'm like, I'm so glad you didn't do it during that time because it would have been mm. so stressful as a buyer. You're competing against 30 other offers, oh you know, offering your firstborn. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. So much. Like, just crazy. So I'm like, this is a great market. Like, there's still really great programs that, you know, you give our clients that we work with, Mm -hmm. and they get really great rates, and 
you know, as long as your monthly payment is good and comfortable, then you should be living in your dream home. I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. Especially because following some of the data and the reports that have come out, the last, I want to say, three or four months now, mm -hmm. home appreciation has actually been going up again. Mm -hmm. So it's going up. Time spent on the market, especially when the home is reasonably priced, mm -hmm. is coming down. Yeah. So, and I have seen a few more um, multiple offer bids yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Yep, I'm still getting a few of those here and there. Yep. Mm -hmm. So definitely, like, take advantage of it because if those rates do come back down, that's going to drive more traffic, more demand, and we still have low inventory. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing on the lending side, because uh, we have actually kind of been thrown a little bit of a curveball on the lending side as far as where the market's at. So there was a lot of pressure on the May 10th inflation report to come out that this was anticipated to be uh, a great report with lower inflation. It came out pretty much right at expectation, so it did what we wanted it to do. However, anyone who's been paying attention to the news about the banking system in the country and what's going on mm -hmm. in the banking system and depositors pulling their money out and banks needing to be um, saved, mm -hmm. essentially. This is causing a big curveball and it is trickling into and affecting mortgage-backed securities, which mm -hmm. is affecting your interest rate. So because of what's going on in the banking sector, we are not seeing as great um, of a benefit to the interest rates that we were hoping to by this point yeah. this year. So we will keep an eye on that. That is definitely a little bit of a, of a curveball there, but yeah, it is what it is. Absolutely. And we can still get people in their homes with the monthly payment they can afford. Exactly. That's what's important. I would also say if you are, I'm going to use this for a little plug moment. If you are a little bit nervous about the banking world, go with a non-bank lender if you're looking to get a mortgage. So because of the rockiness in the banking sector, you may not want to or feel as comfortable going with a bank. Mm. And maybe a non-bank lender you might feel a little more comfortable with. So are you a non-bank lender? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> a little plug there, just saying. <laughs> but yes, whether it's me or someone else, I would definitely suggest going yeah. that route, um, hopefully to help avoid, you know, rug being pulled out from mm -hmm. underneath you. Cool. Yeah. And what about just like a little life check-in? We did a market check-in, but what personally has been going on? Well, I am in the process of opening up a new networking group in my own town, which is Loxahatchee, Westlake, Wellington, kind of that area. So the Western communities of Palm Beach County. That. Yeah. So it's called Fem City and I have to go through um, some training first and like their launch program. And then I'll be opening up this networking group for women. Oh, so I'm really excited. I love yeah. that. And for anyone who doesn't know Stephanie, Stephanie is amazing at networking and connecting people. And especially, I think, women entrepreneurs. Yeah, I do love connecting people. It's one of my superpowers. It is a superpower. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> like, if I need a connection, I'm like, Stephanie's going to know someone. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, the kids are great. I had the best Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video I posted I on Facebook. <laughs> it was so funny, though. It was like, 
my five-year-old wanted me to walk in to his room like he was throwing me a Mother's Day party in his bedroom. And he's like, you know, three, two, one, surprise. So I walk in, and they've, like, dumped their hamper. So there's, like, clothes all over the floor. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I probably should have, like, cleaned up a little bit before you invited Mommy to her Mother's Day party. And um, he's got, like, my flowers on the dresser and my balloon and, like, a little plate with donuts on it. And my husband's behind me, and he's like, oh, be careful. Like, don't step on that diaper on the floor. And I look down, and, like, their, their dirty pull-ups are on the floor from when they, like, strip naked in the morning. And then I'm, like, eating a donut, and I'm like, my son had used a towel as, like, the Mother's Day tablecloth to drape over his dresser. And I'm like, oh, God, like, this towel was used to clean up pee last night. And I'm like, this is a total, like, life, like, in a day of a mom. Like, this is, a, Yeah. I love the realness. It was, it was so cute. I was like, this is the best Mother's Day ever. Just because you know they did it, right? Oh, my gosh. Like, she was so proud. Yeah. Oh, like, how can I your know. heart just, like, not, like... Mm, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it was really great. Oh, I love that. Well, happy Mother's Thanks. Day, too. Welcome. Okay. So, this is, I think, one when I looked it up, one of the top trending topics in lending is should I refinance Mm. that's a big question like should I is it actually beneficial is it not and that's why I wanted to bring in Stephanie as well because I know we've worked with some clients too yeah where that's a question they've Mm -hmm. had and it's like okay well let's all work together to figure out what the best yeah is I feel like when people come to me and they're asking me that question because usually there's a reason they want to refi. Like, is there something they want to do with the house? I feel like when they come to me as a realtor, it's they're having issues making their monthly payment on their mortgage, and they're trying to figure out if they need to refi or sell the house or how they're going to proceed forward with the financial situation that they've found themselves in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it definitely, I think right now, too, with the Fed raising the rates, uh, interest rates on credit cards. Mm have gone up on auto loans, on personal loans. So, you know, and then too, like let's say your property taxes go up or whatever it is for your mortgage and now you're running into this situation where you have a much greater debt load, not even just a higher mortgage payment. Yeah, absolutely. So there's two types of refinances and I feel like both are pretty self-explanatory with the names, but I'm going to further explain just in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, One of the ones is called a rate and term refinance, and this simply what the name states, it means you are changing either the interest rate or the terms of the loan. What does that mean? That means, let's say you have a 7% interest rate on your mortgage, but the market now would put you at 6%. You can do a rate and term refinance to lower your payment from 7% to a 6% on your payment, your interest rate. Or let's say you want a shorter loan term. You know, you can go from a 30-year mortgage to a 15-year mortgage. Mm. So really just kind of anything changing the terms. Now, the specific thing with this one is you cannot take cash out. Mm. So if you are looking to tap into the equity of your home, I can tell you right now, this is not the refinance for you. Yeah. If you want sense. equity, don't do it. What's the reason somebody would want to do like the rate and term? So back a couple years ago when the interest rates were in the twos and the threes, mm-hmm. we saw a refi 
boom. Yep. And it was mostly rate and term refinances, mm, not okay. cash out. So just to get a lower payment. To get a lower okay. payment. That's usually going to be your primary reason mm-hmm. that people run into it is lower payment, okay. um, lower term, especially when the rates are good. Someone might want, let's say they have a 30-year mortgage. They've paid off four years of it, but the rates are so good yeah. that a 15 years almost the same as their 30-year. Mm. Duh. Yeah. Let's, let's put you into the lower one. Yeah. Makes sense. And then your second one is also pretty self-explanatory, a cash-out refinance. And that is going to be where you actually tap into the equity of the home and you can pull cash out. Uh, Big question I actually get asked now. Because homes have increased so much in their value Mm -hmm. is people want to tap into the equity because there's a lot of it. But these people also have interest rates in the twos and the threes. So they're like, I, I want my two and my three, but I want the equity. And I'm like, not a cash out refinance. Yeah. That's not it's not what you're going to be looking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe a home equity line of credit, because that will allow you to tap into the equity without touching your first lien. Mm-hmm. But something to keep in mind, a lot of home equity lines of credit, not all, but a lot of them do have adjustable rate, mm. more their adjustable rate mortgages. And those do get affected by the federal funds rate. So as the Fed's been raising their rates, guess what? Your rate on your HELOC, your home equity line of credit, is going up too. Okay. And do you do those kind of loans? No. Okay. No. I usually suggest if you are doing a HELOC, check with your local bank. So whoever you're banking with, your credit union, you might be able to get a little bit of a better deal since you're already a customer. Yeah. Makes sense. But one of the big things too with any kind of refinance is unlike when you're purchasing a new home, everything is, I shouldn't say everything, you still have an appraisal, but mostly it's gonna be based on the purchase price. Mm -hmm. When you're doing a refinance, everything is based on your home appraised value. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit too. Sure. A couple questions. What do you do as Mm -hmm. a real estate agent? Yeah. What work goes into Mm -hmm determining the approximate value or worth dollar-wise yeah. of a home? It's actually a lot of work. So I do things a little bit differently than a lot of realtors do. I think the last like 2020, 2021, 2022 prices were going up for the most part. And you could pretty much look at comparables in those prices of properties that had sold that were similar from you know a month, two months, three months before and just price a home based off of that because prices were going up. So you were going to price it at that, and then you'd probably get thirty dollars to $50,000 more than asking price because the market was up. So most realtors, that's kind of what they're trained to do. They look at comps, like what are sold properties, and that's what they use to suggest to the seller what the sale price should be. Well, in a down market like we are now, that's not really going to be beneficial because when you're looking at homes that sold, let's say two months ago, that closed, one, the prices aren't necessarily the same as they were two months ago. They've gone down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that property may have closed two months ago, but it might have been on the market for a month and then it went under contract for two months. So really it was like five months ago when it oh. went under contract. So you're looking at something from a real different market. So when I'm pricing a property, I look at 
comparable properties that are active on the market for sale because okay. you have to be strategic about, and this is if you're selling your property. Yeah. So, which is good to know because if you're thinking about selling or refi, you need to know how much your home is worth to make, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle come together. I so, really, either way, yeah. if you choose to sell or refi, you need to know that to do the refinance. Yes. But you also need to know it if you're going to sell so you know how much equity yeah. you're going to get. 1,000%. So, when I'm looking to price a home, I'm looking at what are the other properties that are for sale and how do they compare? Do they have more or less upgrades? Um, and I go through each one and kind of put a monetary value on different things that I see and adjust accordingly. And one thing that I do that I haven't really met any other realtors that do this is a pre-listing home inspection. And that helps mm -hmm. me know mm -hmm. if there's major issues with the property that have a large dollar amount assigned to them, like a roof that's not going to be able to get insurance. You know, that could be deal. a 30, 40, 50, depending on the size of the home, thousand dollar project that needs to be completed. And that's really going to affect the value of your home. So yeah, so those are the different things that I do. All those little pieces together tells me what we could sell a property for. I love that. And you like you really do a lot of in-depth work oh, yeah. and research mm -hmm. into it. And you know, I think that kind of leads to my next question, which is why shouldn't people use their Zestimate? Because uh, everyone here, and I'm sure you guys listening, you've heard agents or lenders say, don't use your Zestimate. It's not accurate. But let's face it, you all probably <laughs> still use your Zestimate. Everybody's looking at it. I even look at it because I want to know what the seller has looked at and thinks their home is worth before I go to their property and talk to them. That's smart. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I have this little saying. It's that the A in the word Zillow stands for accuracy. And there is no A in the word Zillow. So when you're thinking about using Zillow for a Zestimate, I mean, it can be Wait, fun. hey, God. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No A in Zillow. There is no accuracy. So it's not your neighborhood local realtor who really is in tune with the houses in the market that have gone up for sale, that aren't selling. You know, I can look at a list of houses, and I've been in most of them. So I know, like, which ones needed a new roof, which ones, you know, had a like overwhelming smell of cigarette smoke that was probably going to be really challenging to get out of the house. You know, mm -hmm. which ones had fire damage? And Zillow doesn't know these things. It's just a computer algorithm, you know, making a suggestion. So, yeah. Yeah. And it does that too on monthly payments. Mm-hmm. So, just like how you said you checked Zillow to see what the seller thinks their home is worth, yep. I can check Zillow to see what people think they can afford. Oh, ouch. It's, it's off. Yeah. It's, it's off. Because kind of the same thing that Zillow doesn't take into account like the area and what the going homeowner's insurance mm -hmm. rates are or necessarily the going property tax rates. Yeah. Uh, and whatever interest rates it's using, it's using a bait click rate mm -hmm. somewhere out there online. Not based off your actual credit score. Exactly. With like your real income. Yeah. And the perfect, right? Like, 800 credit score you're putting 40 yeah. percent down whatever it is mm -hmm. and then on top of that there's probably points associated with yeah. the rate too so it's not free so please don't use zillow like if you want to check it just to kind of i don't know yeah look at it for fun but just don't take it to heart yeah that that's the advice yeah. we would give <laughs> but 
when it comes to really uh, deciding or knowing whether someone should refinance their home, sell it, or just stay and do nothing, mm-hmm. what are... Because I, I think in determining this, it's going to be specific to each person and each person's scenario. And so I would say probably starting with asking the client questions Mm -hmm. to get a better feel for what their goals are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my first question is, what's your motivation? What's driving you to even be talking to me right now? And if someone's answer is they just want to see how much they can get for their house, well, that's usually not motivation enough because unless you're... You just have to have a motivating factor because mm-hmm. you have to buy something else or go somewhere else. So if you're not very motivated, it's not really going to be in your best interest to sell. Especially yeah. if you already own and you have a low interest rate, you might want to refi. But usually people, they're either wanting to downsize. Maybe the property is too much for them. They might be getting older and it's overwhelming. Um, I get a lot of people that want to... Um, Well, not a lot, but I get some people who are thinking about if they should sell because they're in financial struggles. So they're trying to figure out, that's really the one scenario where I have people that are like, should I do this or that, like refi or sell. Typically, if you're wanting to sell, there's something that you really can't fix with the property that just doesn't check a box for you. Like whether it's location, the size, you know, something that, you know, Maybe you have, are having more kids and you need a larger property and it's not easy to add on to the property. There's got to be like a large motivating factor for you to really want to sell the property. Absolutely. Because when it comes to like upgrading a property, right, you can have two choices there where you can upgrade your existing home. Mm-hmm. Usually I think that comes down to you want to renovate mm-hmm. maybe a new kitchen, yeah. new appliances. Um, I think most of the time people aren't doing additions onto the home. Not usually. Not usually. So your next upgrade is maybe you don't want to do renovations, but maybe you need more space yeah. and extra bedroom, and so you need to upgrade the whole entire home. Yeah. Not just the existing yeah. one. And when I'm talking to potential sellers and I'm asking what's your motivation, and you know, like I talked to somebody yesterday who was telling me that their taxes had gone up, their insurance gone up, so their monthly payments gone up. And it's like, okay, well... That is something that's happened, but that's not necessarily a motivation. So I go in deeper and I ask them, you know, so tell me, um, like, how is that making you feel or what is that affecting in your life? And I dig a little bit deeper. So really, it's not just that the cost has gone up. It's a mixture of the cost has gone up and now we have this larger payment and we're on a steady, like, fixed income and we don't Mm -hmm. have more money to pay. So now we're struggling more which is causing us stress. So it's like, so really your motivation to move is financial stress. Yeah. And then also um, in tune with that was that is a larger property. It's too much for them to keep up because they've gotten older. So it's like, okay, so really your motivation is like lack of time, energy, and money. Mm -hmm. So that's a big motivation. It is a big motivation. And I think can touch a little bit when it comes to uh, the money piece Mm -hmm. of things because – said it before but we're feeling it now where because the fed is raising the federal funds rate that raises the rates on everything that raises the rates on your credit cards that raises the rates on your auto loans um 
I forget the statistic, but there was it was a huge amount of auto monthly payments mm-hmm. are now a thousand dollars or more. Wow, a month, like that's a lot. On top of the inflation, so your groceries are more expensive. Your gas mm-hmm. is more expensive. So, and people aren't getting raises to equal the amount of all this inflation. No, not at all. And But one of the things we do have, especially if you own a home already, mm-hmm. and if you bought a couple years ago or more, when you hit this jump in home appreciation and values, you have a lot of equity yeah in your home now there's things you can do with that especially like what you're saying if someone is in a financial stressful situation Mm -hmm. and we're looking to get out of that perhaps selling and maybe moving someplace Mm -hmm. else whether they're going to rent or buy again but also you could look at doing a cash out refinance and utilizing it because i think when people think cash out they just think pulling money out, but there's a very strategic way you can use a cash out refinance as a debt consolidation tool. Mm. And if the numbers line up right, you can actually use that debt to also build wealth at the Mm. same time. So little trick I'm going to kind of talk through with you guys because it's a podcast, so I can't really show you. So (laughs) we're going to talk through it. But even if you're going from a lower rate to a higher interest rate in your mortgage, you might still be able to save money Hmm. if you're doing a debt consolidation. Interesting. So let's say, for example, you have a 3.5% rate. And now the market rate's 6.5%. And you're like, well, I'm taking cash out, which means my loan amount's going to be higher. And I'm taking a higher rate? No. Most people would just be like, why would I do something like that? Well, I say, let's look at it. How much equity do you have in the home that you can take out? Because mm-hmm. on a cash out refinance, you are limited. You can only take 75 to 80% of the loan to value. So you can't pull out everything. Mm-hmm. So we look at how much you actually are able to take out. Then we're going to look at your debts, right? Car payments, student loans, credit cards. What do you have and what are you paying each month in your debt versus what the balance is? Now, if we utilize some or all of those funds from your cash out refinance to pay off all of those debts, Mm. depending on what the monthly payments are, you know, let's say you have $1,500 a month in additional debts Mm -hmm. and you pay all those off and your mortgage goes up $500. Well, now your actual overall debt load is $1,000 less. Mm. So, yes, your mortgage payment went up, but you paid off all your debt. Yeah. So, and now some people might say, well, I could just go charge up my credit cards again. Yes, you can. So, I think there does have to be a little bit of uh, uh, financial knowingness or responsibility that, hey, if I pay these off, you know, we're Absolutely. really not going to... Yeah, that's definitely not the reason to do that. To charge them up. Uh, something else that you can do with what I said about how you can also... Now you've consolidated debt, you have a lower debt load. How can you also utilize that to build wealth? Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you take, like, let's say you were okay paying the, mor- the, the mortgage and all your debt. Mm-hmm. Well, this $1,000 you save in your overall debt load, let's say you want to take an extra 500 of it, not even all of it, and tack that on to your principal payment on your mortgage. Mm. You will shorten your amortization term or your loan term pretty substantially, and you will build wealth because your equity in your home is going to be building substantially faster through home appreciation, but also because your loan term is shortening. Think of your home as almost like a savings account. Yeah. Can't touch it. It's not liquid, but you're building wealth because you're lowering your loan amount at a much quicker pace. Hmm. So, Interesting. That's a lot of really great information. That's something, and you can do it in reverse, too. So let's say someone wants to sell, Mm -hmm. and they're in a financial situation. Okay. So with selling, one of the cool things is you get, what, 100% of your equity. Mm -hmm. Now, rather than take all that equity and put all of it towards a down payment on a new home, maybe instead of... 30% down on a new home, you do 15% down and you utilize that other 15% to pay off all your debt. Mm. Now you've got a new home and you're debt free. Yeah. And so maybe you're again, your overall debt load is about the same. Maybe you're even upgrading your home and getting a bigger one. Mm -hmm. Smart. So that's a way too. like, even though that's not a refinance, you can kind of utilize the same method yep. with selling. I like it. So there, there's all kinds yeah. of... And we have clients that do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Though, I actually, I don't see as many clients pay off debt with their equity. Sometimes mm. I do, but I do see the majority of people seem to take it all and just kind of transfer it yeah. to one, which is okay, too. Yeah. So that's definitely something to, yeah. to consider. I like it. What are some other questions you ask people? Or like, what about an actual example of someone you've been working with who's had those questions on, you know, should I refinance? Should I sell? Like, Yeah. So, I mean, it, really what it looks like is somebody reaching out to me. And then, you know, I have one hat, and that's a real estate agent, even though we do <laughs> a lot of different things. My license is to be a real estate agent. So... Um, usually I'm immediately partnering with you and we're starting to figure out the numbers to see, you know, what it looks like for how, if they're going to sell, what it looks like if they're going to refi, um, and just cr- trying to figure out what makes sense for them and if they really want to move or not. What would you say, or have you run into any situations yet where it ends up being better for the person to not do anything, right? Like to not sell, to not refinance, but to just literally stay where you're at and not do anything. Yeah, and I think um, part of it is motivation. So, I mean, someone that we've worked with um, came and wanted to know about, you know, should they sell, should they refi, should they stay? And the conclusion that we came to was that based off of their situation, you know, they're wanting to retire in a year and um, their husband is not healthy and they're um, wanting to use the equity from their house for medical bills. Um, but it didn't make sense financially in that moment for them to refi, um, and she's going to want to sell within the next probably 8 to 12 months when she retires. So it was basically just like a, a hold. Yeah, like save. Yeah. 
And from the lending standpoint, um, where I would recommend someone to stay and not do anything would be if we can't qualify for refinance oh, or a new home purchase. Yeah. Right? Because unfortunately, just because you have the equity in the home doesn't mean you're going to qualify for the new mortgage. Mm-hmm. So if we don't qualify for for the refinance or we don't qualify for a new home purchase, yeah. it may be better to just stay put for a little while and yeah. work on what you need to to get to where you want to be. Yeah, but that's good. That's why you reach out and you talk to us early on before you're in the decision-making period you need to be researching for months ahead of time so that you have all those little pieces of the puzzle to give you the complete picture. Absolutely. And I always say be careful to when it comes to refinances. I think refinances. <laughs> it's late on a Friday. It is late on a Friday. Whew. Refinances. I, I do believe, in my personal opinion, those are also a little bit easier for lenders to take advantage mm. of. Uh, I always want to say buyers, but you're not technically a buyer if yeah. you're refinancing borrowers. You know, I think one question that I get often is, what is it going to cost somebody to refi? Oh, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. So what it's going to cost you to refinance is almost the same as what it costs you to do a purchase. Mm-hmm. So there usually is a little bit less in closing costs. And then as far as if you have a escrow account, anyone that doesn't know, that is when your mortgage payment includes your taxes and your insurance on the home. You know, when you're purchasing a home, you are paying into to set up that escrow account. When you are refinancing, you don't necessarily have to do that because you already have an existing one. Yeah. So you might pay to start a new one, but then you get refunded your old one. So it ends up kind of being a wash. Um you know, another one I think that I get too is people will ask, well, if I'm refinancing, let's say I've paid off five years of my mortgage mm-hmm. already and I'm refinancing, well, it's just lower because I'm now doing 30 years again. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And that's something you have to look at and consider. And that's where I think I use the term again, debt consolidation, but really looking at, okay, yeah, your term's going longer, but if you make X amount additional on your payment, mm-hmm. so like let's say if doing the refinance, we can save you $200 a month, yeah. and you take just $50 of that, and you can apply that as an extra principal payment, you'll actually maybe have a reduced term that's 24 years. That's probably not totally accurate, yeah. but just for easy sake, um, you know, but again, you you have to know yourself and are you disciplined enough to be able yep. to do the extra payment each month? Absolutely. But I like it that way. One of the things I tell people if they're deciding between a 30 or like a 15 year mm-hmm. is I might tell them, okay, you know you can do the 15 year, but what if you have a rough month? Mm-hmm. You could do the 30 year, and make the same payment as a 15-year with an extra principal payment, but that does give you a little leeway, too, that if you run into a really hard month or your spouse becomes ill, you don't have to pay that much. Yes. So there is a little flexibility. Yeah, that's good because you just never know what the future holds. Mm, 
if I knew what the future held for me, I would have been, I don't know. Like, now that I'm here, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I would do it all over again. Yeah. But, like, if I was back then and you were to tell me, oh, this is going to happen to you, I'd be like, nope. Yeah. Nope. We're not. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> so we kind of touched on a couple of these things, but I think to kind of wrap up the episode today, just some different things for all the listeners to consider. Yeah. Um, you know, I touched on it. One of the things with the cash out refinance is that you can only take out 75 to 80% loan to value. So you can't do all the equity. I actually, a little, maybe a funny story, but I had someone reach out to me. This was maybe a couple months ago. And they were like, I own this home. Uh, I own it free and clear. And I want to use my equity. And I was like, okay, great. You know, so we started talking about uh, cash out refinance or if she wanted to do a home equity line of credit mm -hmm. someplace else. And I'm like, you know, and your monthly payment would be approximately this. And she goes, what do you mean payment? And I'm like, well, there's a loan. And she goes, but it's my equity. Uh, <laughs> I was cute. like, yes, but you are borrowing against it to get it. And yeah. she goes, but it's mine, so I should be able to get it. And what do you mean I can only go up to 80% loan to value? It's all my equity, so I should be able to have it all, and I shouldn't have to pay you anything. You can have it all if you sell your house. That's that's what I said. I was like, well, you have to sell your home if you want yeah. all the equity. That's cute, though. That's cute. <laughs> it didn't feel so cute in the yeah. moment. She was very serious. She was I know very she was. upset. I, I know. <laughs> so that, oh, this actually would be a good question for you, because I don't see this side really doing what I do but when like how you asked what the cost is associated mm -hmm. with the refinance what is the cost associated if someone wants to sell their home because even if you're selling I think you do still have some sort of yeah cost yeah. so what would that be yeah so when I meet with a seller that's one of the things that we go over is I'll give them a net sheet and I go through it on my phone right there with them show them all the numbers and then I text it to them right after so they can literally see what they would make if they sold their home. And I give them kind of a range. So like a best case scenario, we sold your house at this. This is what you'd walk away with. Mm -hmm. Average scenario and then like worst case scenario. So you're paying for your realtor mm -hmm. and the buyer's realtor. So you have agent commissions. And with our commissions, a part of that, we have to pay business taxes. And then a part of that, we have to pay our brokers also. So it goes to a lot of different places. It looks like we're making a whole lot of money, but we're not necessarily making a whole lot of money. Um, so, well, And I'll just chime in too to say that, especially when you have a good agent like yourself, you work your tushy off. Oh my gosh. You're like... 1,000%. I mean, I work like harder the for them than I would work for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I, it irks me when I hear people say, oh, realtors make so much money. The good ones earn it. Yeah. Every penny of it. Mm -hmm. So sorry. No, no it's very true. I just had to say that. So um, yeah, you have um, different fees. Um, so you have taxes in your insurance. That's prorated based off of, you know, where you're at in the year, whether you're going to be paying or getting some of that back. And then um, you've also got like doc stamp taxes and depending on what you've agreed to in the contract with the buyer, um, someone's going to be paying the title fees 
everyone's paying title fees and someone's paying for the title insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So that's typically going to be the seller unless the buyer offered in their contract to pay it as maybe like a incentive for the seller to pick their offer. I did that when I bought my home because yeah. I was doing that multiple competing. Yeah, so you like, bought right in the whew, crazy time. <laughs> I just made it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that, I mean, that's something to consider too. Like regardless if you're doing a refinance or you're selling, you are going to have some sort of cost. Yes. Nothing. Free. Nope. Nothing's free. Unless you stay. Then that's free. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't cost you anything yep. to stay put. So if you really don't want uh, a cost for anything, don't do anything. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I touched on this as well, but you have to qualify for a refinance. Just because you own the home already does not mm-hmm. mean you're going to qualify for the refinance. Yeah. So I like... I strongly state that, urge that, um, you know, when I do refinances for clients, I almost do it as a Mm pre-approval, the same way I do a purchase, because you are going to have things like an appraisal that you still have to pay for up front, and before we start spending your money, we do want to do our due diligence to really make sure, to the best of our ability and knowledge, that you're going to qualify for that refinance. Yes, absolutely. And that is sometimes one of the deciding factors that someone should refi or sell. If they're having that financial struggle situation that we talked about, and refi is not an option. Yeah. Ooh, one last little cool thing to kind of touch on that I've seen some people do with refinances. So coming out of COVID, there was a lot of people that took COVID forbearances. Mm -hmm. Now, one of those things with the forbearance is a lot of servicers did where if you missed payments, they took your missed payments and they tacked it onto the end of your loan Mm -hmm. as a second lien. What that didn't necessarily do, though, is your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance still are due. So you you can't Mm -hmm. tack your tax bill and your insurance bill to the end of something. It doesn't work like that. So I actually have run into a couple clients where they took a COVID forbearance for a year, year and a half, so their property taxes didn't get paid. Mm, Because they weren't held in escrow through their payment. Because they weren't held in Mm -hmm. escrow. So by the time they restarted, even though their principal interest portions were good, I had one client whose monthly payment went up $1,500 because taxes went up, homeowner's insurance went up, and then they had an escrow shortage for a year and a half because they weren't paying into their mm-hmm. escrow account for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so what we ended up doing was we did a refinance for them and we included that escrow shortage mm-hmm. so that when we paid off the existing mortgage, the mortgage got paid off along with the escrow shortage mm-hmm. and they could start over fresh and clean. Uh, interesting. And what if... You, when you're like, let's say you want a cash out refi versus mm-hmm. just a, what is it, rate and term? Yes. What's the lowest amount of cash you could take out? So I want to say it's because on a rate and term, you can technically get back up to $2,000. Okay. On a rate and term. So anything above that is a cash out. Yeah. So I mean, if you wanted, if you really wanted to do a cash out refinance for like three to $5,000, you can. Um, 
wouldn't necessarily be worth it though. Wouldn't necessarily be worth it because what yeah. you're paying in closing costs is going to supersede mm-hmm. that. But you know, if you were really in a pinch or a pickle, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Or look into a home equity line mm-hmm. of credit option yeah. too if you're looking at something a little bit lower. Yeah. Cool. So much information we learned today. I know. So if you guys have more questions or if you have a specific scenario yourself that you want to run by us, we can all kind of work as like a tag team here. Yep. Because I think it really is important to have, um, especially when you're considering refinancing or selling, to have all the parties involved to give you definitely all the information. Because otherwise you might run into a lender might obviously want you to refinance and an agent might want you to sell. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a happy medium, but it's a good idea to have all the info. Yeah, agreed. So Stephanie, where can everyone find you? I know you've given information before, but reshare. On Instagram, you can find me at StephSellsWPB. And if you're on Facebook, you can find me, Stephanie Edison. Um, my business page is The Edison Group, Keller Williams. And um, otherwise, you can call me and reach out to me if you have questions. And you guys know where to find me, Lending with Leah, on all platforms. So that's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of the above. We also have an email, lendingwithleah at gmail.com. So again, if you guys have a specific situation, scenario, or if there's a topic you really want to learn more about, please feel free to email me that, and I'd love to hear from you guys. And we'll see you again for next week's episode. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on today. You're welcome. Thanks for coming.